1: very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening not to be for Sars today they come came up against a very strong belly gunner side we'll hear from Johnny Crowley after that one. Uh, Bull won the Intermediate A football final we have plenty of reaction to that. Cove Ramblers lost out an extra time last night to Waterford. We'll hear from Rams boss Shane Keegan and Waterford manager Keith Long before they face City in the relegation playoff. Sarah McKenzie Foley joins us to look at the state of Formula 1 as we head to the end of the season and of course the Brazil Grand Prix is ongoing there too uh, Monster had a big win last night we've reaction to that it's currently Luton nil Liverpool nil we'll round up the other Premier League stories as well and we'll hear from a Cork football legend the Dev Carl Davenport joins us for a chat all of that between here and 7pm <laughs> You're very welcome to the Big Red Bench here on uh, Cork's Red FM. Uh, it's Aidan Lee are with you until 7 o'clock, uh, 868 104 If you want to get in touch with us or at Big Red Bench on Twitter. Uh, as I said, you do not want to miss the chat with Carol Davenport later on because it is brilliant. I had a great time recording it and uh, it's just he's uh, he's a very funny man and it's a very interesting chat. And uh, it's, well, it's all because he's coming over to the Crucible Club on uh, Saturday 11th of November with snooker legend Tony Knowles um, and uh, I can imagine that's going to be an even better night because uh, the eight minutes uh, a chat I had with Carl was uh, brilliant so uh, stay tuned for that one a little later on. Uh, Nottingham Forest have beaten Aston Villa uh, 2-0 in the Premier League. That was earlier this afternoon. Here is the full-time report from Frank Watson.
2: It finished Forest 2, Villa nil. A very happy city ground is bouncing tonight. A goal early in the first half from Ola Aina, Low drive from outside the box. And another pile driver, this time early in the second, from Oral Mangala gave them a 2-0 lead. After that, Forrest sat back, Villa came on at them but didn't really create much, just one really good chance. Oli Watkins heading wide from about seven or eight yards out when he should have done a lot better following a John McGinn cross. Villa huffed and puffed, Forrest defended stoutly. I have to say it was thoroughly deserved. No third successive win for Villa, first win in seven for Forrest. Villa stay fifth. Forest up to twelve. Finished. Forest two. Villa nil.
1: Yeah, and it's Luton nil. Liverpool nil at Kenilworth Road. I'll tell you what, Darwin Nunez had uh, just a embarrassing miss there a couple of minutes ago. I don't know how he managed to fire it over the bar from where he was. Um, but uh, Luton. Are uh, causing problems for Liverpool at the moment. Uh, it has to be said they're uh, they're they're causing him a few problems. Seventy four minutes gone, it's still scoreless. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I suppose big stories uh, today from the Premier League. Arsenal, of course, uh, hitting out at the referees. They they say the gover- the referees' governing body needs to address the standard of officiating following their controversial one 0 defeat to Newcastle yesterday. Boss Mikel described the decision to allow Anthony Gordon's goal, which was checked by VAR, uh, for four minutes was embarrassing and a disgrace. The Londoners say they hope to work with the PGMOL to achieve the world-class standards the Premier League demands. It's an absolute disgrace. There's nowhere near the level that we call the best league in the world. It's an absolute disgrace. I don't want to be a part of this, honestly. Yeah, and there was more follow from that game as well. Um, and it was where Newcastle say they're providing support to Bruno Gamarnish and Joe Willock. After they were racially abused on social media following yesterday's Premier League match against Arsenal, the club has strongly condemned the hateful messages and are working to identify those responsible. Uh, So, look, you never want to see stories like that, do you? Unfortunately, they're all too common these days. Um, But yeah, like we said, 20 minutes remaining at Kenilworth Road. It's a Liverpool nil, Luton nil. Um, And plenty of Gaelic Games action of course today we'll get to Ballygunner versus Sarsfields in just a moment uh, elsewhere uh Kildare champions nace will face St. Loman's of Westmeath in the semi-finals of the Leinster club championship they got the better of Summerhill and Meath by 212 to 8 points uh while the Westmeath champs were 120 to 110 winners over Longford's kilo um, also in that competition, St. Mary's RD of Loth came from behind to beat Wicklow's Blessington 3-9-2-5. They now take on reigning champions, Kilma Crokes in the last four. Cora Finn are the Galway football champions after a 1-11 to 1-9 victory over Mike Cullen in the decider this afternoon. Uh, they've reached full time in Kerry football uh, final as well mid Kerry 15 points East Kerry 210 they cling on by a point uh, Potty Clifford and Luke Crowley with the goals for East Kerry and it's a 1 point win for them and look there's been a lot of a lot of discussion in Kerry uh, in the county over the football championship and I think uh, two years in a row have made Kerry's Kerry final. Uh, while this match was a bit more exciting than last year because last year was a total non-event, having two divisional sides in the final is just no good, I think. And uh, it's time for Kerry to make a real change. And I honestly think that if, if they adopt it, and I know the Cork GA championship isn't perfect, but from covering Cork GA and then going back home and looking at Kerry GA, football in particular... um. Uh, don't even get me started on hurling <laughs> but uh football in particular i think Kerry could learn a lot from the cork structure i think having a divisional championship separate to the clubs is is good because at the moment you've Kerry with a two championships you've club and the county championship and yes of course the the divisions give the junior and intermediate club player the chance to play senior championship but i think in this day and age that um that kind of thought or rhetoric needs to be reexamined because it's just too competitive at this stage uh, but as some people might recognise Luke Crowley's name uh, anyone who would have been at or seen the uh, Carnivory final last year he starred for the same Clarny against uh, Rochestown in that final and uh, certainly put his name uh, up there today with that goal it was a great finish by him and maybe possibly someone Kerry be looking at next year although he's still very young I'll definitely be on the uh, underage squads. Uh, Kilku made light work of Jerry Ganelli Harps. That's a some name in there. I'd love to hear their chance in their Ulster Senior Football Championship clash this evening. Last year's beaten finalists, Ulster finalists, got past there for mana opponents two thirteen to one seven at Brewster Park. Uh, all right, let's get into Sarsfields versus. Um, Bally Gunner, it was go- always going to be a really difficult test in the AAB Munster Hurling Senior Club Championship Quarterfinal. It was at Walsh Park, Sarsfields were beaten by Bally Gunner obviously, 220 to 9 points was the final score. Monsoon conditions there at times as well, uh, the rain looked absolutely horrendous. Uh, Dennis Hurley was there for us and he spoke to Sars manager Johnny Crowley after the game
3: going to be always difficult from there like yeah absolutely absolutely look it was um, I suppose playing into the wind there in the, in the first half we were hoping you know have really made a, a better platform than what we got um, the concession of the goal was, was tough because we had actually worked on it we, 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 we saw it happening and we just you know we, we probably um, I think it's something we could have probably stopped but look it, um, yeah it's, it's disappointing it's disappointing when actually we came down uh, to, you know we, we, we trained well over the last two weeks and we were kind of you know hopeful um, you yeah. know it was a good old buzz within the camp and just look they're a very very good team they're a very very good team um, and look we hopefully we learn from that you know yeah uh, like I suppose you can have a plan for them and prepare and everything but still actually coming up against them especially here in Welsh Park yeah. you know it's, it's a different proposition like isn't it it, it is Dennis and I suppose look I suppose, I suppose something I, I I related to there last week like you know I suppose in fairness to Valley Gunner like they're at the the top of the pile in yeah. the sense of like their journey is, is probably going on with five or six years you know yeah. um, and you can see there like they brought on four or five subs and like the four or five subs they brought on just it's literally just just filled in superbly to their system and nobody changed it or anything like that so it's um, they're 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 a really good machine and and um, you know, look, we've had a fantastic year. Yeah. We've had absolutely fantastic year. Uh, we're county champions. It's something we're very, very proud of. Again, we, we came down here today to probably... Um to do better than what we did but look at it it is what it is the result is there you know yeah that's that's it like it's something I suppose you can try to put to good use next year like but the key thing is it it has been a positive year overall one negative day doesn't overshadow that 100% 100% look we knew coming down here today was going to be a huge task and we'd have to play probably we'd have to get 15 or 18 10 out of 10s to to be challenging you know and I suppose today was one of those days we just didn't get them you know we lot of fellas underperformed and you know maybe it was the fact you know Oh, to, I don't know I don't know what it was but we we certainly did underperform and that was disappointing but look um, we've had an amazing year we we, we were cock we're to champions it's something we're hugely proud of within, within Sars and Glamwire and um, you know we'll, we'll take a lot of learnings out of it today um, you know we'll enjoy the winter now and uh, we'll relax and, and regroup and see what happens next year you know
1: yeah excellent stuff well said there by uh, Johnny Crowley Sarsfield's manager look they came up against uh what would you call him, a behemoth of a team in Ballygunner, I tell you what lads, Luton have taken the lead against Liverpool Tahit Chong has netted at Kenilworth Road and sent the place into absolute hysterics. It's Luton 1, uh, Liverpool nil. 81 minutes gone and uh, the Luton manager, I can't even believe it, Edwards is his name, isn't it? And he said it before the game, he said that they were they were here to cause an upset, this could be massive, what a win this would be for Luton, and what a kickstart, maybe some something for them in the Premier League, obviously they only have the one win so far, um, and yeah, the goal is standing, I know that. Well, I don't know why Alison Becker is even trying to argue with the referee about something that happened literally on the other goal line, how he could see up the field is beyond me now. And uh, Jurgen Klopp is looking for a 10 minute fair check as well. But uh, uh, it looks like the goal is going to stand. We're back underway. It's 1-0 to Luton. Um, Tio uh, Benny just went off the pitch actually just before that call as well just to, just to, uh, he did have a bit of a limp though so hopefully nothing serious there um, elsewhere in Gaelic Games today Aja won the Bonscurs Intermediate A Football Championship Final they beat Mitchellstown 213-115 to at Porky Cueve another uh, and uh Ahabolog actually had uh, quite a, a strong lead at half time especially and they made things difficult But it rounds off a fantastic year for them. Uh, Just before we go into that, let's hear about that uh, Luton goal. Uh, Here is Sam Dawling.
4: In town 1, Liverpool nil here at Kenilworth Road. Could it be a famous night under the lights? We've been waiting all game. Fireworks have been going on around the ground. Finally, they've come on the pitch. It was a Liverpool corner. Ross Barkley broke. He held the ball, held the ball, found Issa Kabore, bombing on down the right. His cross was perfect for Tahith Chong, who's just on as a substitute. The finish pass, Ellison, was superb. There was a VAR check. Of course they was. Chong was well on side and Luton lead by one goal
1: to nil yeah excellent stuff there but yes let's get back to Ahabulog John McCarthy was there for us fresh from his trip to New York he was speaking with let's hear first of all from Matthew Bradley player with Ahabulog
2: alright Matthew
5: you champions fantastic performance from Ahabulog but you made it hard for yourself down the stretch there ah uh, yeah well look I suppose when you're playing a team like Mitchell Stone they'll fight to the end you know and Look, that's what happened. We were the same in the hurling and we just we just stayed in it and I think the the maturity of the group over the last twelve months is after coming on majorly. Um, you're excited.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, I suppose twelve months ago there. Twelve months ago there, we probably threw in the towel a bit early against Kinshanik and we didn't give a fair showing on our on the season we'd had that year and obviously the better team still won the day but I suppose we, didn't, we weren't pleased with our showing and we sat in that restroom 12 months ago and we said we'd rectify this. The first goal was to make it out the group, the second was obviously to make it to the final and obviously the third thing was to, to get over the line here and thankfully we have it from space two weeks again. As I said, they came back at you later in the game. Those two goals in the first though were crucial. Oh, majorly. Um, I think we had a purple patch there maybe in the first 15 minutes and it, it, it really hurt them so thankfully that came at the right time for us. I think we had a lot of energy going out there started off the game we, we, we were very sluggish starting against Kilshanig last year so we just wanted to make sure that didn't happen again this year and find ourselves trying to climb a mountain uh, A double some night ahead some week ahead but well deserved the end of an amazing season for you Ah oh, yeah look um, obviously the start of the year if you told me I'd be in two county finals I probably would have shook my head a small bit uh, but now that we've done it it's just, it's just, it's special. I can't really put it into words, you know. And for the, the lads inside, even the management there, like the same management have been here for the last 12 months again. I'm just delighted for the lads inside. Like they've worked so hard, you know. And uh, both sets of management deserve as much as the players. So I'm just delighted with that. Congrats, go on, enjoy it Well thanks done. Very much, thanks very much. Take care.
1: Yeah, hurling football double at any level is incredible and I think the whole of Ahabulog managed to get in on that interview. Let's hear another one from the captain Paul Ring. Paul,
2: absolutely fantastic for Ahabulog, uh, second county title this year, but you made it you made hard work of it there down to the very near near the end.
6: Yeah, I, I don't think we do anything easy. It's the same 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 two weeks ago going the hurling, we we're up seven pints in one stage and that, we on not weigh a pint, so yeah, we like you to, like the exciting features. We, like, we like to give our supporters uh, their money's worth when they come in to watch us anyway. So uh, no, we don't do anything the easy way, that's for sure.
2: Talk to me about this group of players because it's one thing to win an Intermediate Day but to win the hurling as well I mean like what was the motivation going into this year? I mean obviously you don't know if you are going to win anything but let alone two titles but what was the motivation for this club? Uh,
6: the aim every year for us hurling our football is uh, is to go and win the county we, we know we're good enough at this level anyway and uh, it just so happens we've made finals in both sometimes the hurling might go better than the football the football might go better than the hurling but this year just it kind of all fell into place and we were going well in both and momentum's a dangerous thing and once you have it you want to keep it yeah, you
2: got a great start. Two goals first half. Had that lead, but you had to really defend tough to uh, hold them off.
6: Yeah, we knew we knew Michelin would come good. They're a good side. I think it's, I think it's something like out of the last seven finals. I think six of them have included ourselves or Mitcham Sound. Like so, we knew we knew they're a good side, and we knew we knew they put it up to us. So it was just about resilience. And I think to, uh, having having one here, two weeks to go for the first time in the county final, I think that really stood to us that we had that kind of resilience. We knew we knew we had it in the tank to win. So
2: just finally read that bit camera coming up today. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, when, you, when you, we did it two
6: weeks ago, it was just trying to keep ourselves grounded a small bit, not to get carried away, but we have, we have fellas, there are six or seven lads who don't play the hurling, like, we wanted to go out and do it for, him, do it for them, like, they, they had no county title yet, so this was their all final. Like, and final, to we, we had to put it in for them, so.
1: Yeah, well said there by Paul Ring, the Apolo captain, and let's hear from the manager, Robert O'Keefe.
2: Uh, Robert O'Keefe it's one thing to win a county but this club has won two counties at this grade this year it's a fantastic achievement but a bit of excitement there near the end with the late penalty
7: yeah we we, we probably made it a little bit harder than than expected look they as I just said um, they really pressed their kick out at the end and got a bit of joy out of it and I suppose we thought maybe the finish line was in sight um, four extra minutes and look look, sometimes it doesn't matter how you win them you just need to win them and and crawl over the line we've lost three finals in the last ten years so we were you know we'll take this one um, the fact that you won the hurling was there any extra at the back of
2: your mind kind of a bit of pressure coming up here for the football or did it actually work in your favour
7: I, I would say I would say it definitely helped I mean if they had lost that final I think we would have had a huge job picking them up off the floor uh, and how would you do it but in fairness the momentum carried through they had a good time the Sunday night they had a good time uh, a, a bit of the Monday but in fairness I think the players pulled the plug in it themselves they know look finals don't come around too often and when they do you have to take a chance to take them you know those goals first half you got a great start but they were crucial they, they were as, as it turned out they were crucial we thought we could have had maybe one or two more um, but look yeah we started like a train they found it hard to live with us uh, with our running game and the lads were very clinical when they got the opportunity
2: talk to me about Mitchell so I know how much respect you have for them but the way they came back is near and just showed how good a team they are
7: yeah absolutely Look, yeah, look, yeah, been in three or four finals as well um, over the past couple of years. I was just down the dressing room with them. Their day will come. I said it to them. Look, they they've had success in the hurling. Oh, it's only a matter of time before they they, they go up as well. You know. Um, what now for this
2: group? Because you've done all you can do with this particular grade. Moving up, now. I know I won't be thinking about it tonight or no, maybe this week. No, but no, no. it is something to look forward to.
7: Yeah. Look, it is, and look, we have had a, we've had a decent league campaign where we have competed very well against other teams well above us. I think the only two teams to beat us this year are our uh, new market who were in a senior semi-final and Kilchannock of course we know well who were in a semi-final the Premier Intermediate we've either won or drawn most of the games I think so like, I think the lads and it's a very young team the average age team is 22 um, we will step up I think pretty comfortably Enjoy the celebrations of Willow Thank you very much sir
1: Yeah and I imagine the celebrations are uh, they're, they're 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 well into the celebrations of this stage. The match was uh, pretty early today, one o'clock. Throw in, um, but what a night it is going to be in Ahobolok. Double intermediate champions. What an achievement! Fantastic. Well done to the club. Um, and uh, yeah, commiserations of course to to Mitchellstown as well. Uh, but what what a night. It is going to be there and uh, you're on about Monday clubs. Two cups there to fill, lads, uh, so enjoy it. Uh, let's move on now to last night's uh, playoff uh, final in the First Division. Of course, we would Rory on the line when Cove Ramblers pulled off an unbelievable equaliser. Unfortunately, it went into extra time and Waterford were the ones who got the better of Cove. It sets up now the promotion relegation playoff against Cork City. But let's hear first of all from Cove Ramblers manager Shane Keegan speaking with Rory after the game
8: listen I thought we deserved to win Um, we should have won the game in regulation we didn't we conceded a poor goal um, haven't dealt with a lot of their threats quite well um, and and we know what Cove are they've been they're so organised they're well coached and and, uh, very very honest group of players but we chances in the game to win the game Lee Stacey pulls off a couple of good saves our goalkeeper pulls off (laughs) some brilliant saves too so it was um, we should have won the game like I said in 90 minutes but we've won it in extra time effectively we've had to win in the game twice and we're pleased that we're through uh, to the promotion relegation game listen there's no doubt we deserve to go through and we're looking forward to next week it's where we want to be and uh, we'll give it a crack uh, wherever wherever the game uh, I'm sure it'll be announced over the next 24 hours uh, wherever the venue will be we'll give it a go against Cork we'll be, we'll be massive underdogs they beat this 3-0 here in the cup. you know they're the Premier Division side so a lot of the pressure will be on them and um, yeah listen we've, we've got to perform and we've got to we've got to be better than we were the last time we play them here, you know, they, they play against high level opposition, I can't underline the, the difference between Premier Division and First Division, the standards I uh, can't underline it enough, there is a quantum difference between where Cork play and the, the the opposition level of the opposition that they play every week and what we face with respect to the First Division so we know the challenge that, that we face and we know we have to really, really perform to our maximum if we've got any chance to, to get to where we want to be We were It was
1: a deploy, the key to the play that Keith Long, the Waterford supports so that left turner's cross the last
4: time we You here see the energy in that crowd at the final whistle we've lost the last two do
8: you believe that we can maybe get it right this year well listen like I said to you I've, I've given you all the reasons why we come into the game as underdogs but we'll give it everything that we've got this group of players you know are you know it's, it's good to see it's good to see our leader step up it's good to see the resilience that we've shown in recent games and, and tonight will be good for us you know tired bodies physically tired but mentally in a good place the
2: support here this evening is fantastic, fantastic.
8: we need that in Dublin next oh, week oh listen and it, like it, effectively this is a home game for Cove right you know so we're playing in their home county yes they've had to travel to turn us cross 15 minutes down the road our supporters have had to travel an hour and a half plus to get here in difficult conditions and they've backed the team they were brilliant in the RSC they were fantastic again tonight and we're going to need them um, wherever the game is on Friday just one from me um, what did you
3: learn from that FAI Cup match down here um, we
8: lost three So we have to defend better. We need to need to defend better. Uh, We need to. um, Yeah, yeah. We need to need to defend better. We need to. Uh, maybe back ourselves a little bit more we, we did a lot in the ball against Cork the last day but they were happy for us to have the ball so um, we conceded some poor goals some some soft goals and you can't concede those goals and I think if we tidy up those areas of course the game you know becomes a little bit more equal in that sense but we're looking forward to it you know, there's, I, in terms of personnel who will Cork play will it be the same sort of similar line up 8 or 9 of those players that played in the cup game you'd imagine would start mm. uh, against us next week they'll have on us tonight, so they'll they'll have learned a lot about us again tonight. So um, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll give it a go. We're we'll not really, of course, we have to worry about Cork. Of course, they play at a Premier Division level and a high level every week, and and, and we want to. Our aspirations are to get to that, and that's where we want to be.
1: Mm.
8: And they'll fight. You know, it's going to be one of those games. It's a Munster derby, you know, and and we'll be we'll be giving everything that we've got to try and progress. Yeah.
1: Yes, apologies about that. That's obviously not Shane Keegan. That's uh, that's Keith Long, the Waterford manager, speaking ahead of the game against Cork City, of course. It's going to be on in Tallis Stadium next Friday night. Uh, Cork City versus Waterford. Let's hear now from the Cove Ramders manager, Shane Keegan.
9: Shane, that's absolutely heartbreaking for you, to imagine. Um... It is and it isn't It um, would have been a hell of a lot more heartbreaking for me For us not to turn up tonight And get bed out the gate 4 or 5 nil And not show everybody What we have been about all year I told them before the start If they could turn this in To an absolute fight And if they did themselves justice I could handle any scoreline And that's the way the game went um, Tonight was a microcosm of our season We are... More than the sum of our parts It's the most simple way of putting it We're absolutely more than the sum of our parts We've got some pretty good parts, don't get me wrong But I still think as a collective We're more than the sum of our parts I think they showed that again tonight They showed it all season long um, look, The nature of a lot of our games is There's been very little in them you know, We barely fell over the line in the semi-final I thought Wexford were excellent in the semi-final We barely fell over the line A couple of things just came down the right side for us And tonight, that just flipped a little bit You know, 30 seconds prior to them scoring We came damn close To scoring ourselves Uh, It was a brilliant save I thought the keeper Did absolutely brilliantly Um, And yeah As I say 30 seconds later The ball's in the back Of our own net They're the things that, That happen all we could do was try and make it that tight try and make it that tight and they were, we were extremely successful in doing that I thought the first 20 minutes they were way the better side after that I thought we made it a, t- a toss of a kind and yeah. all you can be is tremendously proud of them An I mean, overhead kick though,
4: equals in the 89th minute that's what football's all about really isn't
9: it Yeah and, and, and from a guy who's a fantastic fella um, you know he took a bit of, of a leap of faith coming in from, from junior football probably looked at, at Jack and Willie and thought going to be hard to get playing time here but he mm. backed himself um, and he's had a couple of very very good games for him and I was delighted to see him coming on and, and, and getting a, a brilliant goal for himself although I think massive credit has to go to Keane Brown for that goal because how he kept that ball in brilliant. everybody thought it was out over his head it was it was unbelievable you know. and you obviously feel you've got a great foundation to build on now for next year very much so look we've just had that conversation in there that you know the challenge obviously for the club is going to be that the vast majority of guys in that dressing room, their profile has gone way up yeah. uh, because they've had outstanding seasons. And that's going to mean, you know, attention from other suitors, more suitors with, with deeper pockets um, than, than Ramblers, I would think. Um, but to my mind, the money you're on, the division you're playing in, none of that counts unless you were in, you're enjoying yourself and unless you feel valued. And every player in that dressing room. To a man is telling me they've had one of the most enjoyable seasons of their life, and I think every one of them has made feel a huge, huge part of things, and they need to remember that when when uh, the offers that inevitably will come in come in, you know. Ah, look, we've we've the mini screen on the sideline, and I just I saw that it was a penalty, and it was a penalty. That's that's you know I don't think I would like to think that's not even an opinion. I think I would like to think it's fact, um, but you know. Jesus, we've had too good of a season and, and too good of a night to get, to get pulled into any kind of squabble over, over, a, over a, a referee decision. Um, to be honest, which, uh, I think it would just demean our achievements. Um, look, as I say, you know, fine margins. I'm sure there was one or things that Keats agreed over as well that, you know, the other side of things. So, no, look, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, overly, overly ponder on that one.
1: Yeah, Shane Keegan there speaking after last night's first division playoff final between Cove Ramblers and Waterford. Liverpool have gotten an equaliser with about a minute left of added time. I actually think it's going to go down as an own goal but Louis Diaz kind of forced the issue let's say and then it probably has to be the most surreal moment in many a long day in the Premier League. Lifted up a jersey with a message obviously about his father who's been kidnapped in Colombia Um like... I, I, it's unbelievable he's even playing isn't it to be fair like as uh, Liverpool have a chance here look for uh, a winner actually it's gone out wide for a goal kick for Luton one all 97 and a half minutes gone but what a bizarre situation it is with Luis Diaz but uh, look big moment for him there I don't think it's going to go down as his goal but uh, he certainly played his part in it and uh, yeah had a message for his for his dad uh, his mom was released and just a must be a bizarre uh, situation for even his teammates at Liverpool uh, alright after the break we're gonna chat Formula 1, rugby and of course we have our chat with the Dav, Carl Davenport, don't go away
0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM, miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM
1: You're very welcome back to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM, it's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock Luton had a chance right at the death to actually win it, but it has ended 1 all between Luton and Liverpool at Kenilworth Road. Uh, today was a big day at Cork Racecourse in Mallow, of course. It was Cork National Day. It was the 9 1 shot, Sir Bob. Uh, for trainer Robert Tyner and jockey Simon Tarns, in the colours of course of Noreen and JP McManus as well he beat favourite Call the Tune by a short head to take the prize uh, Call the Tune should have won it really uh, under the mount of, of local lad uh, Michael O'Sullivan but uh, he just went kind of straight through the last really uh, mistake uh, at the last and that's what cost him similar enough to, if anyone saw Brave Man's game in the, in the Charlie Hall yesterday beaten by Gentleman's game um, you have to say if it was actually a, a fence in England the at that last the call that you went through, You probably was still won because they're far more forgiving in England than they are in Ireland. Um, but uh, it was a very good race and it looks like a fantastic day in Mallow. All right, Sir Mackenzie Foley joined us in studio uh, this evening uh, to chat about Formula One. And their, the, the race is ongoing at the moment. It was actually red flagged while we were having the chat. It is Max Verstappen out in the lead with about uh, 20ish laps to go there. Lando Norris is in second, uh, Alonso third. Um there was a crash earlier on and there's a lot of cars gone out now. There's only 15 cars left on the grid. But uh, Alex Albon and Kevin Magnussen had a crash on the first lap. Charles Leclerc had to pull out in, in formation lap. Uh, but we had to chat more of the wider scope of Formula One as we approach the end of the season. What's been a fairly boring season? Formula One has failed to maybe capitalise on, on all of that uh, excitement they had with the drive to survive and with the the Abu Dhabi or the yeah Abu Dhabi situation with, with Max Verstappen, etc. Uh, here we are with Sarah talking all about it. Alright, so I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Sarah McKenzie Foley, our F one experts. Uh so we're just having a look there at uh the start of the Grand Prix in Sao Paulo and there's been a red flag after three laps a collision between Alex Albon and Kevin Magnussen has caused that uh, which has provided at least some drama to what is probably (laughs) a fairly mundane weekend towards the end of this season
10: Yeah, absolutely I also feel very sorry for Charlie Leclerc who seems to have had some sort of hydraulic issue crashed on the formation lap which is we were just talking about it like horrific luck and we need as many threats as we can possibly get to Max Verstappen before the end of the season so I think having one less Ferrari on the grid is definitely not a good sign for that
1: yeah and even with that like Carlos Sainz uh, well he's P8 at the moment during this red flag Mm -hmm. like Ferrari just aren't able to to compete at the moment not even with, with McLaren by the look obviously there's a big discrepancy between Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri mm-hmm. but um, you know they're, they're they're probably what the third or fourth team 14, team, 15 possibly this yeah,
10: yeah it's not looking good I think interestingly as well we were watching the replay of the start and both both of the Aston Martins actually seem to get off very very well and I think that that doesn't bode very well for Ferrari either like possibly jumping the gut a small bit but I think if you again if you've only got one car out there fighting for points it's it's not good and you know they're they're in a very tight battle with Mercedes and, and Aston Martin and McLaren in the constructor side of things and we know that that equals a lot of money at the end of the year so I don't know they're really going to have to hope that Science is able to pull some points back here today
1: yeah even with that Aston Martin they do generally tend to end the season strong even back at Racing Point hmm. when you think of Sergio Perez's only win for Racing Point was was it the second last race of the season hmm. uh, back in 2021 or, or 2020 even I suppose uh, like they do tend to finish strong Um Lance Stroll, who's someone who who probably gets a, a lot of, he gets a lot of critics and rightly so, mm-hmm. to be fair, has had a pretty good weekend mm-hmm. and uh, he's up there, he's actually behind his teammate uh, Alonso now, but uh, he's been having a good, good weekend of it, to be fair.
10: He has, and I think it's badly needed, you know, as you say, there's been a lot of talk about Lance lately and... You know various rumors. There are obviously rumors in the F1 paddock, but it it wasn't sounding good there for a while. So I think he really, really needed to pull something out of the hat. And look, if he is able to continue this to the end of the season, then all the better for them because I think they really need to quiet down some uh, some of this negative talk that's happening around the team.
1: Yeah, drive the driver situation going into next year could be quite interesting. We we just saw uh, pictures of, of Daniel Ricciardo mm. in the Alpha Tauri garage he won't be in the Alpha garage next year because it's not (laughs) going to be called the Alpha Towery garage is it Uh, they're going to go for another rebrand Yes. Um, but uh, Ricardo again just look he's one of the great entertainers in the sport isn't he he's always great to have in the paddock Mm. but he is really now starting to maybe towards the end of his his powers I I suppose
10: yeah I think so I think he wants to go out on a high you know it's always tough when you have to leave Formula One behind because no matter how good you are you're not certain that you're ever going to get back there and he now has that opportunity he's definitely you know done a really good job so far unfortunately had that injury that he was out for a couple of races but I think particularly after what Sergio Perez did in Mexico I think Daniel Starr just seems to keep rising I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him in that second Red Bull next year
1: yeah interesting like Perez again he age wise he is pushing on quite literally Um, mm-hmm. he's probably up there now with the most uh, most races completed on the grid obviously Al- Alonso is far and away in, in that regard Um, Obviously, I don't think there is anything concrete on his future at at the moment. I mean,
10: technically, Red Bull have stood behind the fact that they have him until the end of next year. But, you know... What they're saying versus how things look is completely yeah. different. It even, doesn't mean a whole lot to Red Bull. No, does it? Yeah. exactly. Like we've seen the, how little those pieces of paper really mean, and even the body language I think is something really interesting to read between him and Christian Horner and Helmut Marko. On top of that, I think the relationship there is just fundamentally broken from what I can see, and he's just not performing. Is he? You know, and he's out there in what should be the second fastest car at the very least, and he just can't seem to can't seem to put it together.
1: And uh, one man, I suppose, who we won't see forever on the grid is Lewis Hamilton. And Mm. I suppose he is Formula One to an extent, isn't he? Like he's the most recognisable driver uh, by far and away. Um, We were talking just there earlier on about the future of the sport. Mm. And Hamilton's retirement is going to be a massive moment for Formula One because they're going to have to replace his stardom in a way and I suppose mm. the best way to replace his stardom is by giving us some competitive racing maybe <laughs>
10: you would hope so because I think it's we had an interesting period where there was a lot of really interesting characters in the paddock and Lewis Hamilton being one of them I think Danny Ricardo, we've been chatting about we're kind of starting to move away from that again where the driver personalities are sort of taking a bit of a back seat and I think Especially with Drive to Survive, that's actually what draws people in a lot. So absolutely, I think it's going to be really hard to ever find someone of that degree again. But, you know, it happens periodically in the sport, so we will have it. It's just a case of, is that person also going to be really good for the sport overall off the track as well as on it?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because they're really shooting themselves in the foot by how media trained their drivers are now. And like (laughs) we see it in the Premier League. You look at the footballers in the Premier League now; just they come out and they're robotic in, mm. in their uh, in their interviews because they're media trained from under fifteen, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously now, when drivers get into Formula Two, they're probably being media trained to an That's extent. Um, they are shooting themselves in the foot a bit by that because everybody tunes in for the bit of drama, the bit mm. of especially the team principals. And to be fair, they're holding <laughs> up their end of the bargain. They those, are. They're always gold whenever they're they're uh, in in a press conference together.
10: Absolutely, I think so and interestingly some stats have come out on the dip that Formula One has seen in viewership and in social media engagement since sort of after Abu Dhabi really and particularly in the last year or so and again that is happening because they came in with this huge you know, exciting, dramatic product and they just haven't been able to meet that ever since and I think there's there's a lot of talks about talks going on different ways that they could fix that but it's going to have to be fixed as you say, just generally for the future of the sport and to keep fans engaged.
1: Yeah, and we've we've talked a lot about DRS but that is surely the first thing that needs to be addressed because any time there is uh, maybe an underdog out in front like they're never going to be able to hold off uh, Red Bull or mm-hmm. Mercedes and... Um, the faster car will always overtake no matter what because DRS is so overpowered at this stage.
10: Yeah, and it also creates difficulty where, you know, these cars can follow more easily and more closely than their sort of prior counterparts, but it's still really difficult sometimes when you get within that one second gap of the car in front. You need to be actually maybe as little as two or three tenths behind to get that overtake done even with the DRS. So I think it's worth exploring how they could reformat it or potentially even just test different things out. They're not afraid of doing that, at least. I think there needs to be possibly more of that, which it would be an awkward transition period. But I think if it's better overall entertainment-wise in the long term, it's worth testing those things out.
1: Absolutely. Look, we are coming to the end of this season. Uh, Max Verstappen, in fairness, like must give the guys some plaudits. He, he been, he's been dominant. He's mm. set a record for most race wins. Um, obviously there's more races now than mm-hmm. when the likes of Schumacher etc were racing um, he he does deserve a lot of credit in Red Bull as well for finally breaking up that Mercedes uh, dominance mm-hmm. even though maybe it was just on a bit of a downturn for Mercedes also but we thought that would never end and now we're into another mm. sort of period of dominance do you think going forward maybe not next year but the year after that we will have maybe some of the new teams that are going to come in uh, like is it Audi etc maybe they're going to come in and be big players in this uh, or will we be stuck with Red Bull Mercedes being at the top and nobody being able to break that that duo
10: I think it's very hard to hard to see because the Red Bull just keeps on getting better you know and Adrian Newey is still there and he is a genius like bona fide genius so I think as long as he's there and the direction that they're moving continues to make sense for the sporting regulations I think it's going to be really tough for any team to come up and beat them I think 2026 will be really interesting because we're getting a whole new raft of regulations but unfortunately until that period I think we may be stuck in this deadlock where it's Red Bull out front and kind of best of the rest and I think we've seen that even in the the coverage that that the best of the rest gets during races this year we actually have seen very little of Max Verstappen because he's just off in the front on his own and what what that means is we're paying attention to the people behind him so I think at least that's mostly being recognised as, you know, we're still seeing the action. It's just not the front of the grid.
1: Absolutely. Well, look, hopefully they can uh, try and harness all that that sort of attention they had uh, back back before that Abu Dhabi incident, mm. which has really been a sliding doors incident. Uh, Sarah Mackenzie Foley, thanks again for joining us on The Bigger Bench. Absolutely. Yeah, and as you speak, uh, there's still Max Verstappen out in front, Landon Norris second and uh, Fernando Alonso is third but under pressure from Sergio Perez who's trying to overtake him uh, to get onto the podium. Lance Stroll has just overtaken, Yuki Tsunoda to go fifth. Uh, Alright, let's hear now from a Cork footballing legend. Uh, the Dav, Carl Davenport, he's coming over to Cork next uh, week for a night at the Crucible Club and uh, he's bringing with him a good friend of his and snooker legend Tony Knowles. It's Saturday the 11th of November. It starts at half 7. Uh, tickets are a tenner. They're available from the Crucible Snooker Club or ticketshop.ie. Uh, so uh, if you want to, to get involved I suppose uh, head on over to that and uh, you can see what the story is um, but uh, it's a snooker against the best of local talent and question and answer uh, session afterwards about the glory days of snooker and of course of Cork soccer and let's hear a small bit about those glory days with the legend himself Carl Davenport all right, I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by Carl Davenport, or more fondly known around these parts as The Dav. Uh, he's uh, coming to the Crucible Club next Saturday, the 11th of November, with snooker legend Tony Knowles. Um, of course, uh, Carl, uh, you must be looking forward to coming back here to Cork.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I, we haven't, Both of us haven't been well for, for the last four days anyway. We'll be all right when when we come over. Hopefully, we'll hopefully
1: the cork air will sort you out. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm ho- looking. I'm looking forward to it. be nice to see uh, some some of the mates. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, How do you know Tony? Obviously, he'd been uh, he was uh, a household name probably in the eighties and nineties. He 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 was uh, he was always nearly always in the semi-finals of the World Championship when he was uh, a professional super well, player.
0: Well, it's funny that that when Tony. Uh, I went for my tea one day to him, and I stayed for seven years. <laughs> I only went for my tea, and I was there seven years, and we've been we've we've always been good friends.
1: Excellent stuff, and I'm sure he's uh, he's I'm sure he's been to Cork before, but he'd be looking he'd be looking forward to come over.
0: Oh yeah, he's he's been with me quite a few times. Uh, we we was once in Grocers' Club, uh, oh quite a lot a lot of years ago. I mean, we went into grocery club. Uh, I, I don't know why we went in there, but they have a photograph of both of us in there after all these years.
1: Excellent stuff! It'll be uh, it'll be great to have you uh, both over, and I'm sure there's uh, a massive crowd uh, going to be at the Crucible Club. Um, I suppose uh, while I have you, uh, Carl, um, obviously you came over to you came to Cork Celtic in 1967. Uh, how how right. did how did it all come about?
0: Well, it, it came about, boss. Alan Ball. Alan Ball's father was uh, was coaching at Stoke City, and uh, this Cork Celtic had sent somebody over, and they were looking for a centre forward who'd score some goals. And he told them that I'd get a goal a game, but they've got a play by the Western World rolled into one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I came over. It. That's how I came over. And uh, and the other thing, why I came over as well, I. I'd been living with my parents. They'd they, they kept me under the thumb that long. Only, I only played for clubs what were nearby. Yeah. So to come to Ireland was a bonus for me to get away.
1: I, I wonder what Cork was like back then when you moved over. Like, was it any bit of a, a culture change or anything like that, or was it similar to, to what you had uh, grown up in, in England?
0: Oh, it was. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it, it was the best years of my life. Uh, th- there were clubs and things like that, and and everybody were friendly. Uh, it was a great place to be that time, and things were cheap and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it didn't cost nothing to go out and have a good night out. And mind you, I was on good money, so it didn't matter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and you delivered on your prov- your promise uh, of nearly scoring a goal a game. You were the top scorer in the league in, in sixty seven, sixty eight.
0: That's right. Yeah. 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 So, I, I look forward to coming back to Cork, you know. And I, I go down to Kinsale quite a bit because that, that's where I lived for quite a while.
1: Excellent, yeah. Absolutely. And like the Cork uh, football scene back then, I suppose, it's so different now. I mean, the two big clubs we have now are Cork City and Cove Ramblers. Back then, there was uh, Cork Celtic and Cork Hibernia, and you played for both clubs. Was it, yeah. com- <laughs> was it common back then for players to kind of go between the two?
0: Well, I was the first. Uh, I was the first one to come over and live there, and uh, I found it fantastic, really. Uh, but I've been played for. I've I've league medals with both clubs, yep. which is very unusual. I don't think that'll ever be done again. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I presume you would have been at. Uh, you would have been at Cork Celtic when George Best was there as well.
0: Uh, no, no, he was just after me Just after
1: Like what a time well, I, though To be fair In Cork football That must have been like With a player like that
0: Well I knew George From from when he was Round Manchester me, me and Alan Ball Used to go on And on a Saturday night We'd have a, a, a good night Would would meet up You know what I mean
1: Yeah Exactly, and as well, I, I mean, we just had the passing of Sir Bobby Charlton, which is obviously very sad. But I, I'm oh, fairly sure that uh, George Best and Bobby Charlton lined out against each other for for Cork Celtic versus Waterford or something like that.
0: Uh, George uh, lined up for uh, for Cork Celtic, yeah, and Bobby, I think he he went he had a spell at Waterford.
1: Yeah, like incredible to have two players of. Probably the most famous team in the world back then, that 1968 European Cup winning team, to be both playing uh, in Munster, uh, let alone the, the League of Ireland.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah! I mean, it was a big thing then, but they were both past the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they were still, they were still good players.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I wonder if you're if you're keeping up with the the Cork football scene at the moment. I know last night unfortunately Cove Ramblers were were defeated by Waterford in the first division playoff final, but now Cork City face a relegation uh playoff unfortunately next week now against Waterford. Um do that, you think we do you think we'll get to a stage where we'll see two Cork clubs back battling at the top of the League of Ireland Premier Division again?
0: I can't see it for a long while. Yeah. I, I just can't see it. Uh, they're, they're not. They're not really run right, uh, and uh, they, they mess about with changing managers and things like that. Uh, it's, it's a shame what's happened, but it's. I mean, it, it's a lot of memories for me at Turners Cross when I go back there. It's, it's still a great place. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and unfortunately, uh, I don't, or, well, you probably, you probably will be over just in time for, for the game next week, but I think it's on a, in Tallah Stadium. But I'm sure you'll probably give a call around to, to Turner's Cross anyway while you're over. Oh,
0: yeah, oh, yeah, I, oh, I love it there. I love it there. Uh, when, when I came over at first, it was just a corrugated uh, uh, iron shed. Yeah. And, oh, it was. Uh, and I thought it was the training ground. They said, "No, this is where you'll be playing." I thought, "Fuck no!" What have I done? <laughs>
1: exactly. It is. It is always. It's turned into, I suppose, one of the, the the staples of Irish football. And even then, I suppose it's always been a really storied ground in Irish football.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of memories there, and 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 the FAI have done a good job on on the ground itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Uh, it's a pity how they've gone now. That I don't think the right people are running the club, and it's a shame how it's gone.
1: Well, look, um, you're coming over next week, obviously, and it'll bring back a lot of memories to you. Um, it must have been some fun playing in teams like Cork Celtic and Cork Khyberne when they were at the top of their game. Uh, you, oh. you were, you, you would have been, you would have been obviously top players, but I'm sure you enjoyed yourselves as well.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There's some good night clubs and things like that, yeah. <laughs> which, which I like. Uh, but, no, it was great memories, and it was a great place to lift Cork back then. I suppose it still is, you know I mean, yeah. but, uh, I I have uh, fond memories of Cork.
1: Absolutely. Well, if anyone wants to uh, either learn more of the stories or reminisce in any of the stories, the dev and snooker legend Tony Knowles will be at yeah. the Crucible Club next Saturday the 11th of November I think doors open at half seven uh, tickets are only a tenner as well which I think uh, they're underselling you there Dev.
0: yeah that's uh, it's just a matter of uh, get, get it, getting it going and uh, we're not really bothered about the money you know I mean if they get if they get a lot of people there it'd be nice
1: absolutely excellent stuff well look uh, I hope you enjoy your time next week and we might chat again uh, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench
0: lovely thank you very much indeed
1: Yeah, absolute pleasure chatting to the Dev. Carl Davenport, uh, a legend league winner, of course, with Cork Celtic and Cork Hibernian, And uh, yeah, uh, uh, great fun chatting to him. And like that, uh, the Crucible Club next Saturday, uh, if you want to go along to that. All right, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. Last night, Munster had a big win over Dragons at uh, Mosgrave Park. One of the big storylines was Ben O'Connor making his debut for Munster but here is uh, Shane Daly speaking to Efo Callaghan after the game
10: So big win for you have you
1: after that? Yeah good look it's uh, it's
11: been a good start to the season really Bare a little blip last week in our performance but the Sharks game we really showed what we wanted to do to start the season got the 5 points and then bounced back from last week again which, which we've been good at over the, the last season or so so it's good that we can take a, a shot and then fire one back the next week so we're happy with how we played tonight
10: and we've changed team again you got Alex coming in Sean and obviously Ben O'Connor then coming off the bench I suppose gives you words on that
11: Yes class look we've we've had so many lads Training over the course of the pre-season that have put their hands up and They've all been unreal, and uh, I think we've had 10 academy players playing over the last two games, or three games, which has been class, and they've all added in their own way as well. So just fellas like Brian Gleeson, Edwin Dogbo, that have really changed the game for us when they've played. So it's uh, it's great for the future of the club as well. So it's exciting times.
10: I suppose on the crowd today, big crowd doing in Welskirk Park again. Give
11: us your words on that. Yeah, look, if I'm from Cork, I absolutely love playing here. I think I was robbing tickets off the lads all week. I ended up with about 15 of them, but uh, it's class to play here. Surface is unreal, and the crowd's always good here, so it's a good night for us. Great.
4: How are you enjoying it? How are you enjoying playing in this this season, having it picked up where you
11: left off, perhaps? Yes, look, it's really enjoyable rugby. It's The rugby, personally, I love playing, and... I've moved around positions and things over the last season, and it's it's exciting. Everything's a new challenge, and we're we're just playing good rugby. We're trying to mm. play the ball to space. It's enjoyable to to play, and I imagine for fans it's enjoyable to watch too. So, it's it's just a good team to be involved in, and I'm loving playing for for Munster at
4: Yeah, how much is, how much of a difference has Mike Prendergast made? He I mean, seems. I mean, it's been a season a bit now. Is, is he still adding layers in and, and, and keeping you on your toes? Yeah, well, look, he's been
11: incredible. Like last year, you saw how much our attack was transformed in the space, 12 months. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was there was a period where it wasn't firing, but it was it was teething issues. It wasn't. What we were trying to do was wrong. And then the introduction of Mossy as well, Mossy Lauder has been incredible. He's layered on top of what brendy has been bringing in. So he's added another layer of detail to what to Brendy what has brought in. And you saw some of the choice that came from the direct result of those type of things. So... The two of them in, in combination
4: has been great for us, really. Yeah. What well, do you think this team's <clears throat> capable of this season?
2: Look,
11: well, We take things one game at a time. Obviously, it's not it's a bit cliche, but uh, look, we really think we can beat any team. like Any team that's put in front of us, if we are on our own game, I really think we can beat anyone. So, look, we, we won the UFC last year. Obviously, we want to go one step further and, and fucking have a right crack off Europe this year. So, We take one game at a time, but we do believe we can beat anybody. Yeah, and that's a great belief to be heading to Belfast with next week Yeah, 100% Look, Ulster we'll started the season quite well as well So that'll be a good game And It's always good to play you want know,
4: those Interpro games So we'll see where we are with that Yeah, good memories of um, Ravenhill As it used to be known anyway yeah. From the last time
11: Yeah, we've come a long way from that game as well And that was probably one of the swinging points for us last season Up there when we got to win in the last mm-hmm. week of the game So good memories But I'm sure they're going to want to get one back on us So uh, yeah. that'll be a, a tough game
4: yeah, it it's, it seems a really tight knit group now.
11: Yeah, look, that's. I think it's clear even just looking out from the sideline how how tight the group is. I think a lot of that came from the, the bank of away games we had at the end of last year. We ended up on the road six weeks in a row or something, so we all got pretty close whether we wanted to or not. You're in any room with everyone in the squad at, mm-hmm. at, by the end of it, so it's uh, it really makes a difference on the pitch. Yeah,
4: can I ask you just one more about Calvin? Obviously, tough break for him coming off at the yeah. end there. Um, he's been playing brilliant rugby yeah. so far. He's unbelievable. Like, me and Calvin came through the
11: academy together. We probably, under Johan, probably sat behind Earlsy and Conway and always were trying to get in the squad or whatever and we have followed similar enough paths. So I'm so happy to see him play so well because he's an unbelievable player and he's a great fellow as well. So mm. delighted for him tonight. He was he was our best player by far. Yeah, and
4: hopefully
11: not out for too long. Yeah, I think I was chatting him there. It doesn't seem too bad, so okay. hopefully it's not too bad.
1: Yeah, there was Shane Daly there with E4 Callahan after last night's uh, win for Munster over Dragons. Here's the head coach, Graham Roundtree.
10: So, some of that game for us?
1: Satisfying.
4: Um, some new combinations, some young men. Um, had a short week. Got a bit sticky. It 17-7 seven at half time. Got a bit sticky. They're a very good team around the breakdown. They mauled well. The counter-attack was very good. And I had to come through that. We did some good things without being perfect there's a lot of stuff we can do better but that's under our control our accuracy around some of our strike moves no, I'm pleased
10: and I suppose give us a few words on those new players that have come in especially Ben Connor coming off the it's bench he's
4: not bad is he <laughs> No, I'm delighted that's really what I want to push within the club is bringing the guys through at the right time they've got to be good enough and they are in the way they've trained particularly all summer and the way we are training we can quite easily see when the lads are ready or not um, so in that regard, I'm, I'm really pleased with the, the, the crop of young men coming through. They're pushing the club forward at the moment. They're pushing the standards. They're pushing the intent, the endeavour.
10: And I suppose your new signings they have integrated well into the squad? Yeah. Happy
4: with that, offer? How I many got who's signing? Alex, Alex. Alex and Sean. Sean, on the wing. He wasn't expecting to be starting on the wing ten days ago. Um, I was pleased with him. Alex has been very good I and mean, we you know we did our research and Alex watched him for a long time. But he's, he's actually given to the group, he's given to the young men as well. It's not all about what he's doing in his own position. He's really good off the field as well with the lads. So, yeah, no, very pleased. And John Ryan as well. His third comeback for the club. Um, it's good to see him out there play a good amount of game time as well.
10: And this was any update on
4: Kavanaugh as he Do you know what? What I have learned, I've said this before, give it a couple of days. Yeah, we'll roll him Monday morning, see how he is then, and then probably we'll leave it till Tuesday. He's, he's a thoroughbred now, a racehorse. We need to look after him.
1: Yeah. excellent stuff there alright that is it for us this weekend if you missed any of the shows and want to catch up uh, head on over to the podcast section The Big Red Bench over on redfm.ie or wherever you get your podcast, hit subscribe there uh, Jara McCarthy will be uh, back during the week with uh, Women in Sport podcast also you can get that again same story Big Red Bench podcast or redfm.ie thank you for tuning in A Across the weekend, um, some good and some not so good results for Cork teams here and there along the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, enjoyable weekend. Thank you for listening. It's Max Blackburn next with Green on Red.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.